Let me just read a couple of scriptures. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Now I'm talking about destiny shaping prayers. Hallelujah. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Destiny shaping prayer. Destiny shaping prayer. We, 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 we began to talk about that and we saw some characteristics of destiny shaping prayer. Number one, we said destiny shaping prayer is passionate. Every time you pray, you must pray with all your heart. And passion means praying with intensity. Passion means meaning what you say. Passion also affects your posture in prayer. So we talked about the importance of kneeling down, the importance of lying on the floor, because all great men and women who have affected this world by the Spirit of God were men of the floor. The prayer with the, with the legs crossed is when you have traveled in the secret and you can cross your legs in the face of challenges. Do you hear what I'm saying? And never forget this principle. No matter how much God has elevated you, no matter how much he has lifted you up, the Bible says you are seated together with Christ. And where is Christ? Christ is on the throne at the right hand of the Father. You are far above principalities and powers. That's your position. But that position never turns you into the Lord himself. There is one thing the Lord Jesus will never give you. It is his lordship. That's why you call him Lord. He doesn't call you Lord. That's why you worship him. He doesn't worship you. So don't allow, like I have seen in some people, don't allow the revelation of your position in Christ to give you a big head even before God. And you can't kneel because you have too much revelation. You can't lie prostrate because you have too much revelation of who you are in Christ. No, you don't know who you are in Christ. If you can't be on your knees. If you knew who you are in Christ, you would be on your knees. Christ, knowing whom he was to the Father, died on the cross. You, knowing who you are in Christ, you must lay down your life. So the higher your revelation of your position, the bigger your humility should be. Not the opposite, not the other way around. I don't know why today, under the pretense of knowing our position in Christ, we have been, a lot of believers have become proud people. That you can't talk to, you can't advise, you can't teach them anything. Because they are seated together with Christ. Is somebody hearing me? So posture, position, and then we said destiny shaping prayer is what? What was the next characteristic? We said first characteristic is uh, passion. Second, duration. If you don't tarry in the presence, you cannot carry the glory. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. So let me not uh, come back to that. You listen to, 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 to the recording. The next one was repetition. It's as much as you can, pray many times. Because praying three times a day, four times a day, five times a day, or 20, 50 times a day, like Smith Wigglesworth, it is great, 
There's no specific rule that you must pray two times a day, three times a day, whatever. But there's a principle in, in the repetition of your prayer moments. The more times you retreat to pray. Sometimes it may be while you're in the office. At noon, when you, as you go to the, to the toilet, to the restroom. While you're there, those five minutes. Forget about the one hour you spent in the morning. Those five minutes. Fellowship with God. You hear what I'm saying? Every opportunity. Ah, one of my best, one of my best times of the day is when I go to the toilet. Too. My wife knows it. When I go there, I'm not in a hurry. I come out in 30 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes. I'm not in a hurry. Our bathroom is very clean, so I can stay there for a long time. I'm not in a hurry. There are two things I never, I never fail to do when, I'm, when, I, when I go to the, to the restroom. I always go with something to read. Because sometimes when my day is too busy, that's the only retreat I have. To be able to read a couple of chapters in scripture. Or to read one or two pages in a book that I'm reading. I always go to the restroom with a book. Always. I, if... When my wife sees me looking for a book, she knows where I'm going next. Always. So when life gets very busy, the Bible says maximize every opportunity. Now, other versions is redeem the time. That's what it means. You hear what I'm saying? Ephesians chapter 5. So repetition. And I said the benefit of that is what? The benefit of repetition is that it promotes awareness it increases your awareness of the presence of god because the presence of god never changes with you the bible says what about the holy spirit he shall be in you and he shall dwell with you forever so whether you feel dry or you feel wet with the anointing or you you feel soaked with the presence of god his presence hasn't changed no difference no difference. No difference. God does not reduce or increase his presence upon the life of his child. It's the same. He's the same. I like making this confession. There's this confession that uh, made my... Let me just open this up. Many of you are not aware of the presence of God in your personal prayer life. That is why when you begin to pray, you have the impression that God is very far and unique and you have to convince him to come to your room. You hear what I'm saying? Can I tell you something? Even when you say, Holy Spirit, come. I don't have any problem with the, with the, with the words, with the parlance. Because some people, don't, some people want to put you in a box. Say, you should not say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. The Bible says, and the Spirit and the bride say what? Come. Is he not here? So, No. In the name of trying to correct some doctrines, a lot of preachers have put so many... You see, and, and these are the same people who are telling you that, no, we have in, we have been, in Christ we have been set free, you know. It, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Grace, grace up, grace left, grace... But they are putting you in bondage. I am telling you, you can't sing the song you want to sing because you have to check the lyrics. Hey, when you're with your husband, you fellowship first. You check what you said later. Love is spontaneous. If you lose spontaneity in your relationship with God, you will not grow in fellowship. Forget 
a bad eye. Let nobody, let nobody punish you. With I can't sing, Oh Lord, my God is a wonderful God. He reigns and lives on high. All believers now wanting, trying to shun that. Hey, God punished the devil. The fact that he lives in you does not change the fact that he lives on high. So let not see the song that you like. That song that whenever you sing it, you begin to feel something. Sing it. Don't care about the theology of the song. That's why I'm saying that the average grace preacher does not understand the grace of God. Because the grace of God means your song does not need to be perfect. If grace is what they say, my song does not need to be perfect for the presence of God to, over, to flood my life. My theology does not need to be perfect for God to use me. Putting the people of God in bondage. And that is why when you watch them in their churches, most of the people in those churches are powerless Christians. Powerless, empty, dry Christians. Just boasting about the knowledge of their man of God. Doing nothing. I asked one, one day, Pastor, when's the last time you healed headache? Could not remember. So, so forget. Let the, sing your song. You hear me? Now, am I saying that there are not some stupid songs that we, not, that we need to take, to, to take out, of, out of our fellowship? No, there are some songs that are really so stupid that when you sing them, the Holy Ghost is like, hey, hey, you too. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, what are you saying like that? But we need balance. The love of God for you is such that he does not wait until what you bring is perfect. That's the grace of God. Nobody should punish you with you. You shouldn't sing this song. You shouldn't sing that one. You shouldn't sing that one. When that is, that's the very one that brings you the presence. Then they give you your own, their own song. That song, when you sing it, it's not clicking. It's not, it's not clicking. It's not clicking. It's not connecting. You hear what I'm saying? Kind of. God is your father. Somebody say, my father. Ah. Sing the song first. He will, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will adjust the theology later. Fellowship first. Fellowship first. Somebody say amen. So what was I saying? At least we, we need to add the new characteristics of this. So repetition is very important because it increases your awareness of the presence of God. You may pray in the morning and, well, you just feel dry, everything. But like I was saying, whether you feel dry or soaked, it does not change the presence. You must believe in the promise that he is with you. In fact, we have three promises concerning the presence of God. Maybe more, but three that come to my spirit right now. Three promises concerning the presence of God in the life of the believer. One, the Lord Jesus, when he was living, he said, go into all nations, blah, 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 upside down, be my witnesses, and lo, I am with you till the end of time that's promise number one promise number two it is expedient for you that I go because when I'm gone I will send you another comforter the Holy Spirit he will be in you and he shall dwell with you for how long? forever second promise and now third promise 
Now, this third promise is the only one that has a small condition. He says, if you do my will, if you obey my command, I and the Father will make our abode in you. But that was before he got to the cross. So after he got to the cross and he fully fulfilled the will of the Father, when you accept him, you have fulfilled the will of the Father. So the Father comes and makes his abode in you. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you have three promises concerning the presence of God in your life. When I discovered this thing many years ago, I remember one day I was in my room, I was sitting in Boya, and I was praying, and I was just confessing. That morning I was having one of the driest times of prayer I've ever had in my life. But I, didn't, I wasn't moved by that, so I said, I said, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I, think, I always thank God for his presence. You see, when, whether you are to increase your awareness of the presence of God, always thank him for that. When you start, your, when you start many times, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you. Thank you. And then this is the kind of confession I would make. Lord, I thank you because you are as present in my room as you are in heaven on your throne. You are not more present in heaven than you are in my room. You see, the day you get that revelation, whether you are caught up to heaven or not, you know you don't miss anything. In the, uh, forget about it. Otherwise, you will be jealous over the people who have, who have had these heavenly experiences and you will think they have something more than you. No, 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 not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Some people have had the heavenly experiences, but they, and then they have come out of the heavenly experiences and they can still not cast out a demon and heal the sick and cleanse the lepers. And somebody else has never had even experiences, has never seen an angel. I Me, mean, I've never seen an angel. People have seen angels during my administration. I've never seen one. I'm like, Father, show me. Let me see. These are the angels here. This is the angels here. And then some of you have seen angels. I have not seen an angel. Even one feather. Do you hear what I'm saying? I desire these experiences. It's good. And I'm like, Father, eh, one day just surprise me with one of those. Are we together? So whether that happens to you or not, get this revelation that the presence of God with you on earth is not lesser than the presence of God in heaven. It is this revelation that gives you boldness in the face of situation. It is this the revelation that gives you the assurance that when you speak, it will happen. It is the revelation. How strong is your revelation of the presence of God? Destiny shaping prayer, characteristic number four, is based on faith. Destiny shaping prayer believes 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 if your prayer life is not characterized by belief by faith the bible says without faith it is impossible to please god and he who comes to him must first first the first thing first 
He who comes to him must first believe. First. Before he does anything else, he must believe. I like what Creflo Dollar said in one of his messages. He says, you are a believer. Your name is a believer. So your job is to believe. Just believe. You're called a believer now. What kind of believer who doesn't believe? It's your job to believe. It is your life to believe. You get up in the morning, you believe. You don't even know why you are believing, but you just believe. Believe first. Try to understand later. Believe first. Believe first. Believe first. When Papa Nyangog is, is standing here and you see people are receiving these gold dust experiences. For those of you who are just coming in, so we, have, we have seen gold dust in this house. Believe first. Don't, don't, don't question first. Believe first. And then ask God that. Daddy, this is not true, 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 true. He who comes to God must first believe. First believe. And then he, he, he must believe what? He, he must first believe that God is. No, he doesn't complete it. He says he must first believe that God is and that he is the rewarder. Before you believe he's the rewarder, you first believe that he is. He is where? He is what? He is present with me. He is my father. Just add anything you want to that first is. Must first believe that God is. And that he is. Is it written like that in your Bibles? Some of your modern, very modern translations are removing that. Are removing the first is. It's a lie. One day people were quarreling with Jesus. He said, for Abraham was, I am. He he, He didn't add anything to it. So you must first believe that God is. Do you hear what I'm saying? Destiny shaping prayer is based on faith. Father, you are with me. Holy Spirit, you are present in my life. Your word is true. Based on faith means what? It means that you believe the word of God. And you believe that what you're asking God to do for you, he will do it. You believe it. Believe first. Believe first. Tell your neighbor, believe first. Destiny shaping prayer is faith based. Faith based. Faith based. The Bible says, if any man does not believe, if any man has anything and he has doubt in his heart, let him not even think that he can receive anything from God. He said, he said no, 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 don't think, don't think, don't think. You know what? We all have our days and times of weakness, of doubt, of unbelief. When you find yourself in that corner, just pray this simple prayer that somebody prayed in the Bible. Lord, help my unbelief. The Lord will help you. You say, Father, I find it difficult to believe this one. I, I don't know, I'm struggling with this. Help me. Can I give you one small secret? Of my own personal story with God. See, I don't try to I don't try to play a superhero before my father. I'm not a superhero before my father. I'm a superhero before the world. Not before my father. Before my father, I'm a child. Do you hear what I'm saying? Before him, I'm a child. When this thing is more than me, I say, Pa, this one is more than me. Oh, help me, help me. 
And that's why I love, I love the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, this is your helper. When I was still a student, I don't understand something. I say, Holy Ghost, help me. He helps me. Sometimes I read a portion of scripture in the scripture. I say, Holy Ghost, help me understand this one. And then I go to bed and I see myself in my dream. I, and, and, and I hear God in my dream. He says, the Holy Spirit tells me, sit down, take a pen. In a dream, sit down. And I begin to write. He begins to speak to me through a vision of the night. Some of the teachings that I've given you, I've received them by the Holy Spirit teaching me while I was asleep. And sometimes while I'm awake too, of course. <laughs> Most of the times while I'm awake. But I've had the asleep teaching experience quite a few times. So God is your... Just say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help. 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 Sometimes when you feel that your emotions want to drag you to a place where... You say, You've seen these zombie movies. You just I remember when I was a student, there are prayers that I used to pray. I say, Father, this one, Holy Ghost, if it is just me, me, I will go. But help me. I have given you my life. I said, hey, we prayed some dangerous prayers to secure our destinies. I have made a covenant with my God. I have said, Father, I give you. I know you have given me free will, but I give you permission. It is my also, it's also my right. While I'm in my right senses, let me give you permission to never allow me to do something that will destroy my life. Never. Never. I said, Father, even if I want to, please, Father, I have surrendered. Today, now that I'm thinking right, because like I told you yesterday, if you don't live in, in sexual purity, the Bible thinks you're crazy. The father thinks you are crazy. He says, my son is mad. He's mad. He has lost his mind. You hear what I'm saying? So I said, God, any day that, any, any time that I might try to, the day that I find myself crazy, before anything that will harm me and harm somebody else, Father, take me out of And the Lord has been faithful to do that. Grace means you don't rely on your own strength. You don't even rely on your own revelation. You don't rely on anything of your own. You don't rely on it. Amen? So ask God for help. Destiny shaping prayer number five is dependent. Destiny shaping prayer is dependent. Destiny shaping prayer is dependent. Number six, you understand what I mean by dependent, right? Depend on God. Depend on God. Don't rely on your own understanding. That is why you must pray more in tongues than you pray with your understanding. A lot of people don't know this, but praying in tongues is a sign of submission to God. Because when you pray in tongues, number one, you pray in a language you don't understand. So it's an act of faith. I'm doing something that your mind has no business with. It's an act of faith. Praying in tongues is an act of faith. Every time you pray in tongues, so that's why you need to remove the religion out of it. Anytime you pray in tongues, be so confident in your mind that you are 
building yourself up. Because that's, that's what the Bible says. He who prays in the Spirit edifies himself. Have that confidence. Have that confidence. That's why from day one here, I made sure that while I was leading prayer, everybody spoke in tongues for at least one hour. We prayed in the Holy Ghost. You edify yourself. So, be dependent. Depend on. Now, number six. What did I say number six was? Huh? Okay, number five was dependent. Okay. Hey, number six was just in my mind now. What, what, what? Holy Ghost, re remind me. Let's, let's. So let me take number six from, from this scripture here. At least. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Just write down the scriptures and, and I'll read it. Just write down the reference and you follow as I read. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse chapter 12, verse 10 is one of my favorite scriptures. One of the favorite statements of Paul to me. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. Now, this is my, face, my best part. He says, for, I, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, it, this is strange. He says, when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the secret of the Apostle Paul. This is the secret of the grace of God. This is the secret of the... This is this principle. You see, there are, two, there are two sides of the grace of God. There is the God side of the grace of God and there's the human side of the grace of God. The God side is everything Christ has accomplished and given us to, unto us freely. But the human side is the dispositions in which we have to put ourselves to be able to receive what he has accomplished. And, and, and the Apostle Paul says, when I am weak, then, it is then that I'm strong. It is when I'm weak that I'm strong. This is the, this is the secret of the grace of God. The grace of God is when you are strong, you are not, you are, then you are weak. It's when you are weak that you are strong. I mean, it's, it's so strange. That is why if somebody teaches you, and, and this is my point six. Point six is the grace of God. Uh, destiny shaping prayer will affect your flesh. And I'll read another uh, 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 scripture to back it up. But it's almost the same also as dependency. A lot of people today, you, you know, we try to take, you see, when, when you, some people will make you feel like you're crazy as a believer. If you tell them you, 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 you fast often. No, I always tell people that, but please excuse me. Where do you take your revelations from? Because the guy that you say you're taking these revelations from was not living the way you are living. Apostle Paul was fasting. All this revelation that he, that he received from God caught up to the third heaven. Paul did not receive his revelation of the grace of God listening to a preacher or studying the scripture or what other people had said. Uh-uh. God sat down with Paul and taught him this thing. So if this guy who received this teaching straight from the Father, straight from the Lord Jesus, could fast, who are you to think that now you know so much that fasting has become irrelevant? Uh, you are being deceived though. Anyway, you may
you may still do great things with God, of course. But I am sure if you added the fasting to everything you're already doing, you would be doing more. It's a fact. Why? Not because fasting purchases anything from God, but because fasting is an expression of dependency on the grace of God. Fasting is powerful. Why? Not because of the number of days and you can tick your name that I fasted 40 years, this 40 days this year. No! But because fasting accomplishes what the scripture says. Fasting makes you weak. And whenever you find yourself in weakness, the strength of God can be revealed. Do you hear what I'm saying? There are many ways of being weak. But fasting is one of the ways that you become physically weak. That is why most people who have experienced the power, raw power of God in their bodies, most of them have been men of great prayer and fasting. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. Turn the, imp- the interpretation of this scripture the way you want. This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. If you like, try to bring all kinds of, rem- of remas. Jesus still said it. He still said it. He, Jesus still said it. Emma Majoan. Jesus still said it though. No, he, he didn't cancel it. Now people will say, but after he said it, he didn't go and fast and pray. Yes, he didn't go and fast and pray because he had already been fasting and praying. So he just turned to the situation and addressed it. But he said, there are dimensions in your work with God that failing to fast and pray will deprive you of. No matter how much revelation you have. Knowledge of the word has never been enough without appropriate time of prayer and at least occasional fasting. At least. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So let's read this last scripture. My time is up. Let's read this last scripture and, and we're done. Psalm 63 Oh, I love this. A Psalm of David, verse 1. Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2. Uh, a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Oh God, my soul thirsted for thee. He says, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longeth, longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Now, David says what? He says, my soul thirsts for you and my flesh longs for I thought flesh was in, 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 was in enmity with God. I thought the flesh was at war with God. But it says my flesh. It's not just my soul that thirsts for you. Even my flesh. My flesh longs for you. My flesh. Ah, my flesh longs for you. My flesh longs for you. 
So what's the principle here? As long as your quest for God does not affect your flesh, it is not intense enough. It is not profound enough. It is not passionate enough. Until your quest for God cannot make you to skip some meals once in a while. Until your quest for God cannot make you to spend some time in prayer that will strain your flesh, that will stretch your flesh. That is why it's important to learn to pray for more than one hour because that is the spiritual duration that is that the Lord Jesus identified while he was on earth because he was given a body. He knew what it took, how much it took him. To go beyond the natural in his prayer life. And he told his disciples, can you not pray with me for even one hour? Because that is the minimum. If your, stre- if your faith is gone, if your flesh is going to be stretched. Paul understood this. He said, therefore, I mortify my flesh. I keep my body under subjection. Those were the secrets of the great. Until, you must write this, this down very well. Until my until your quest for God affects your flesh, it is not passionate enough. Your quest for God must reach that place where even your body gets involved in the process. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, some people have taken this thing to an unhealthy extreme. There are some people, you know, that will take uh, knives and cut themselves saying that oh father we love you we want so just 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 begin to know at the same time god wants us to take good care of our bodies you know the, the bible says that whosoever destroys or soils the temple of the holy ghost which which you are not your spirits are like i told you yesterday it's not your spirit as the temple of the holy ghost because temples are earthly by definition from the temple of david to the temple of solomon to the temple of moses to this new temple that you are in Christ. Temples are earthly. Temples are earthly. There's only one heavenly temple and, and your body is not that heavenly temple. You, and your spirit is not that heavenly temple. That, the heavenly temple is an actual temple in heaven. Make no mistake about it. Listen, but currently the new earthly temple of the Holy Spirit is your body. Christ lives in your spirit, but your body is the habitation of his spirit. The temple of the Holy Ghost. There there are still many, many points about this destiny shaping prayer. There's another point that uh, that I I had to add on seven. Uh, While we are standing, let me just say this in passing. Point seven, number seven characteristics of destiny shaping prayer. That destiny shaping prayer follows the pattern of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. The Father first, His kingdom next, His will next, other people next, your needs last. Do you hear what I'm saying? If your prayer life is centered on your needs, I mean on your human needs. Because there are some spiritual needs. When you say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. This is not an, it's not your needs. It is kingdom needs. You hear what I'm saying? But all all these other prayers of 
you know, Lord, I need this, my job, my fees, I need this. It's important. Asking for your earthly needs to be met, you have a right to do that. It's important. Everybody does that. I do that too. But it has to be only a small percentage of your prayer life. Destiny-shaping prayer does not think too much about our own natural earthly needs. If you want to go far with God, spend more time making prayers that concern His will. Lord, I want to know you. Prayers that concern your fellowship with Him and your knowledge of Him. You hear what I'm saying? Because those are not selfish prayers. They are kingdom prayers. Spend a lot of time fellowshipping with the, with the Lord. Praying for His will to be done. You know, Lord, I want to see this nation change. Father, use me to, to, to affect the lives of other young people of my generation. Use me, Lord, to, 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 to help bring an education to the people. Depending, you know... Depending on the purpose, on the calling that he has placed upon your life, when you identify it, spend time praying and let God use you in those areas. Those are kingdom prayers. And spend a lot of time. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So worship first. That's the order. Now worship first doesn't mean every time you pray you must start with worship, but it means that it's, it's, a, it's about a lifestyle. It's, Jesus didn't give us a formula, but he gave us an order of priority. You hear what I'm saying? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So that, that's the priority. That is the priority. Pray more for other people than you pray for yourself. Do you know why God is using your leader to bless you? Do you know why God is using the pastors to bless the people using the you know why because pastors in their prayer lives spend a lot of time praying for you while you in your prayer life you spend a lot of time praying for you do you hear what i'm saying the holy spirit is called the helper and he will readily gladly use anybody who wants to help other people if your prayer life destiny shaping prayer focuses a lot on Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in the lives of your people, in the lives of this group of people, in the lives of... When your prayer life is focused on that, bringing heaven into other people's lives, then all these things shall be added unto you. Added. It will be an addition. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So just say, Lord, I receive the grace to seek your presence all the rest of my days Lord I am not in competition with anybody but I just want to know you and fulfill your will I just want to know you and bring you glory on this earth I just want to know you, Lord, and, and, and manifest your, your, the praises of your glory to my generation. Father, in any, in, you know, in my area of, in my sphere of influence, whatever it is, economy, sports, finance, 
uh, a church, whatever it is, in my Lord, in my sphere of influence, in 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 the world or in the worlds that you're sending me to, because some of us are sent to many worlds, you know. You, I, I am both a preacher and, and a, an educator. I'm both a, a this and a that. I'm both a, socialite, a socialist and a, you know, I'm both a, a, a song minister, a, a worship minister, and, and an economist that God can use to reshape the economy of our continent. So, Father, in any way that you want to use me, I want, I, I want just one thing. I want your name to be glorified. Let your glory flood my life. Let your glory saturate me. And help me, Lord. Somebody say, help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit, to partner with you in what you want to do. In the name of Jesus. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah. There's one way I like, I like, I like saying it, you know, since I think last year. When I'm praying, I always, I, 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 like, I, I like telling the Lord, Father, or, well, mostly... Or when I'm speaking to the Lord Jesus, I, I say, Lord Jesus, I just want to make your name big in my country. Let you, I want to make your name big. That's my own way of saying I want your name to be glorified. Let it be big. That when somebody hears the name Jesus, he thinks about the biggest thing in town. Hallelujah. Okay. I hope you were blessed. Coordinators, you tell us the next step. Oh, this is break time. Okay? God bless you. See you.